The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. This comes from James chapter 5. We're finishing up James. We're going through a series of, of James. And the, the title of this is Patience and Suffering. It says this, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains? You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. On our first screen today, we're going through Practical Faith series. And out of all the topics we've been covering, here are the ones that are already done. Trials and temptation, listening and doing, favoritism, forbidden, faith and deeds, taming the tongue, two kinds of wisdom, submit yourselves to God, boasting about tomorrow, warning to the rich oppressors. And today, we'll be looking at patience and suffering. And next, next Sunday will be the end of the series, Prayer of Faith. So what I would like for us to do right now, one more time, let's read together the whole text. It's on the screen. Be patient then, brothers and sisters. Okay. <laughs> together. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. And this is the word of the Lord. Okay, that was very refreshing. As we take a look back at all the five, book, five chapters in the book of James, there's one recurring theme that happens again and again and again. Guess what it is? Faith. We are called to live in faith. Yes. God calls us constantly to live in faith. Faith is something tangible. At least I think it should be. So tangible that we can touch it, grab it, and use it. So to explain a little bit about what faith can, would be like if it was really tangible to use, I brought this with me. From your distance, it just looks like a square black plate. But actually, it's a welding lens. And it's a shade number 12. 
It's kind of like the darkest there is, but there is a darker one, which is 13. So with this here, when I put this in my welding helmet, as I look through it, I can see the flame that is created by the welding machine. Now remember, this flame is so bright that it blinds you. And you can get flash burned from 5 to 10 feet away if you're not protected. So with this, this lens reveals to me the character and the nature of the flame so that I can harness it, so that I can use it, so that I can understand it, and so that I can apply it in the way a good welder knows how. I'm going to read to you. Faith is like this lens. Through faith, we can be sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That was Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. One more time. Through faith, we can be sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now, by faith, we are called also to be patient. And we are called to be so patient as to unto wait toward the Lord's coming. As Christians who live by faith, our joy comes from the certainty of knowing that the invisible ways of God are revealed to us. That's how we use faith. Without it, we can't see where God is working in our lives. And with it, we can be close to God because we understand how he works in our lives. Now, all this is great, isn't it? We understand pretty much that this recurring theme that James talks about centers on what God gives us. Faith is like a tool. We need it every day of our lives to perceive and to see where God is at. But there's yet something missing here. There's something still missing. And I'm going to think it's going to be safe to say that the faith that we have right now is kind of like part-time. Anybody here have part-time jobs? Yeah? One or two or three? Well, let's go to our next screen. Part-time faith, like part-time jobs, cannot fully support you. That makes sense, right? Sure, it's true. So the faith that we have now is not yet complete. This is the kind of faith that we have pretty much. And for that, we're going to look at the Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me li to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Now, if we apply the tool of faith, that's our part-time faith right there. I know this sounds kind of harsh, but that's our part-time faith. That's what we perceive and receive from God right now. We know our Lord is good. He's like a shepherd who takes care of his sheep. He takes care of us. He doesn't abandon us. And we know that we lack nothing because God is constant. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. He gives us a secure and understanding way of living out our faith. And if that wasn't enough, he reassures us that by the still waters, we have peace in our faith with him and with others. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Through faith, we also know what to do. We also know what to understand. 
what is right and what is wrong through God's word. But that's as far as we go. That's why I call it, this is a part-time faith, which is not bad. That's where it begins. James has called us through his word because God is calling us to another level of faith that requires a different attitude. Our next screen. A full-time faith includes patience and suffering. Now, this is kind of difficult to talk about that because we do suffer a lot in this world, don't we? And there's so many ways and so many sufferings that I can't name them all. So I believe that what we're going to center on today is on the message that James brings us about suffering. Again, we're going to look at Psalms. And now the psalmist, David, opens up a whole new world about faith and how he sees God and the world he's living in. What does it say? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This is now a full-time faith, not a part-time. James leads us and calls us to have patience in suffering because that's a reality in this world. And we know that because of sin. But the psalmist looks at his world, and he's acknowledging, admitting that this is what's in his world. He has to go through dark times. A lot of weird things happen to him. A lot of trials and tribulation. He recalls to it as evil. And his comfort is the word of God. Thy rod and thy staff guides me, leads us. And if that wasn't enough, are we all friends here? Thanks be to God that we are, right? But at the same time, we have enemies, don't we? We have people that we still have to deal with day in and day out. So that's another issue, another part of life where we need a full-time faith. Now, I want to bring our attention to what it is not to have a full-time faith. It's possible that from time to time, we can slip back and forth into a part-time and a full-time faith. And hopefully, what we'll understand is why James is calling us to have patience and suffering. Patience through suffering. So not having a full-time faith causes us to suffer and causes others to suffer. Here's one example. It was 1992. Hurricane Andrew hit South Florida with a Category 5 level. That is kind of like the worst there is. And I'm there with my family, little boys. A lot of people didn't think it was going to really hit because it hasn't hit a hurricane again in 30 years. Since 1957, we haven't had a hurricane in Florida of that magnitude. So the attitude was kind of light. People didn't think much, oh, it's not going to be too bad or nothing. My wife and I, we spent it over at her sister's house, and she had security bars all around the house, but we still boarded up. When the hurricane approached, it was like watching a movie. The electricity was on, the TV was on, the news guy was telling us it's getting closer and closer and closer, and so the life inside our house 
was different from the life outside. We had water, we had all kinds of food, we had prepared, and we had some people over that stayed with us because at a time like that, it's not good to be alone. So I'm going to leave out a certain name to honor that person. We had a, a friend over. He was like family, but he wasn't family. And so I was sitting at the window waiting for the hurricane to come. In its final moments, I realized sitting next to the window is not where I should be. But what I saw outside of the window before I had to leave it was all kinds of colors in the sky. Purple, orange, blue, red, just flashing across back and forth and back and forth. And then the walls inside the house actually started to breathe out and breathe in like how you do your stomach. That's very scary. Very scary. So this person that I'm not going to mention, he came over. And he's going to spend it with us because he felt secure. And here I was running around making sure that my sister-in-law's kids were under control, safe. While my friend, he walked around with Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker Red. He had the big tank with him. And every time we moved around the house, he had it. Drinking it, drinking it. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. What bothered me was that we were the only two men in the house. And I was the only one running around trying to take care of the little kids. Moved from one room to another because it wasn't safe anymore. Back and forth and watching our friend trust in Johnny Walker Red. That's how... Not having a full-time faith hurts. He trusted more in the ability of being unaware, semi-drunk, than accepting the reality in which he was in. At the same time, I saw something that I later grew from that. I saw what full-time faith was like. It got so bad that we had to move from the center of the house, which was the kitchen and the living room, I mean the dining room, all of us ran into the room because the roof started shaking and bouncing up and down. And each time it went up, you can see the sky. We were frightened. People were screaming. And I saw something that I did not expect. My wife and her younger, her older sister were in a corner praying and asking God, to keep us safe, to keep us all safe. That's a full-time faith. At the end, well, not the end, but when the eye passed, if you've ever been in a hurricane, when the eye passes over, it's like the hurricane is done. It's calm. Nothing. There's, there's just nothing happening. There's no wind. It's like a dry, dry, humid feeling. And so people have the tendency to get out and walk about like nothing ever happened. What was going on at that moment that the barometric pressure was so great that the only thing I could do to protect my wife was to wrap towels around her stomach because she was six months pregnant with that young man who's sitting right there with the black hat. His name is Alex. All the while this is going on, I'm getting angry. Because I had no help. 
Every time I looked at my friend, he was already intoxicated and he was in another world. And that's how a part-time faith can hurt. Another example of suffering and why we need patience in suffering, and this is one that hits home with me because I constantly talk about it, and I know when I mention it, you'll know what I'm talking about. We do this a lot. This is how we measure ourselves, especially in a profit-driven nation like ours. Indirectly, we judge ourselves based on the worth of our performance and abilities. Does that make sense? We're always looking at, at ourselves on how we do things and how people perceive us. One view I get of this is when I'm at my job, we get a new person who's hired, and all of a sudden everyone's looking at how this person is working, what he or she does or don't do, how fast it's done, how well it's done. And without realizing it, we're making already an assumption of how good that person is based on what he or she does well or not well. When I hurt my back recently, I had to work in the hardware department where all you do is just pick up little electronic boards and put screws in it and a little machine doesn't weigh anything. And I was in there and I didn't realize what was going on. And so I asked my friend, hey, is this the one that I'm going to work on? Yes, he would give me the work order. And then he would say, I like the way he works. So I looked over who he's talking about. Now, he works good. He's fast. He does everything I say. He doesn't make any mistakes. But what I noticed is that he never talks to him. They never sit down and eat lunch together. They don't dialogue about nothing. But he gave me a description that the reason why he liked him is because he works well. He does things in such a manner. When you're under an employer, you have to. But we're not under an employer. So I believe that one of the ways that we suffer a lot is the way we measure ourselves. Another form of not having a full-time faith is how people blame others for sicknesses that we have no control of. You ever get that? People always try to diagnose you and say, oh, you, this has happened to you because you did this and you did that or you didn't do this and you should have done that. These are all examples of not having a full-time faith. So what does that lead to? It leads to not having patience while we suffer. And not to mention those who are suffering from illnesses that are not healed, those who have cancer, leukemia, all the kinds that, you know, we have no control over. We don't need someone to tell us it's our fault, do we? And today, I don't know your suffering. I don't know what you're battling with. I don't know how much you need a full-time faith. But thanks be to God, we're in the right place to start healing and understanding how do we deal in suffering. So James calls us at the beginning, right? James calls us through God's word to have faith, to live in faith. And now James is switching over. He's calling us through God's word and teaching us how to suffer in faith. And how to suffer in faith 
you need something very much tangible. You need God's word. Let's look at James chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. I like this part because we're going to talk about someone who serves an example to us of what it is to have a full-time faith. And, of course, we're going to talk about Job. You guys remember Job? Those of you? It's going to be a lot for me to describe, so I'm going to get to the points really quick. Job was a man who had it all. Job was a man who suffered very much. One day, God agreed with Satan to put this man to the test. As his servants came to him one by one saying, Job, we've just lost all your cattle. Some bandits came and destroyed and took and killed. And I'm the only one who was left to come and tell you. Shortly after that, another servant comes. Job, why your family, your children were having celebrations. A storm came down. They were all killed. I was the only one who survived to tell you. How does Job reply? Screen six. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. What a full-time faith. Now, earlier in our readings, James calls us to look at our patience and to wait for it as to wait until the Lord returns. What's interesting that James doesn't point out Jesus as the one that we should look to as an example of suffering. What James does, he points out to Job. I believe the reason why he does that is because it's easier to say, well, Jesus, he's the son of God. He didn't have sin, so he was able to endure everything. So James points at Job. Job is not the son of God, but he is through faith, but he is also a sinner. When Job responds to the worst thing that has happened to him, he uses his welding lens. He uses the faith that God has given him. Right here, Job is displaying something much greater than patience. Through the faith that God has given him, he understands and God reveals to him what he always needs to keep in his heart. If that wasn't enough, 
Later on, Job is tested again. He becomes so afflicted with sores all over his body that he becomes unrecognizable. His friends come to visit him. Upon seeing him, they couldn't recognize him. They sat with Job for seven days in silence, waiting to speak with Job. That's how severe his sores were all over his body. And it would be a shame if I would say, have we suffered that way? I don't know. I know I haven't. But what would be my faith in the midst of such suffering? What would it be like? Would I have a part-time or a full-time? Our next screen shows how Job responds. His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Wives, huh? He replied, he replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Now notice Job's patient. He doesn't call his wife foolish. He just says, you're talking like a foolish woman. Can you imagine to be able to have that kind of patience while you're drenched in sores, while you've lost everything and you've got nothing, and then you've got three or four friends that come to visit you thinking they're going to help you, and all they do is accuse you, saying to you, it's your fault that this has happened. But Job, Job has a full-time faith. And Job serves as an example as we too are called to have this faith. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with no wrongdoing. And Job hits it. He hits it right there. A part-time faith loves to receive everything from God, acknowledges that God exists. A full-time faith is ready to endure and to receive even the worst that God permits us to receive without grumbling, without complaining, without blaming, without looking at whose fault, without measuring each other, and without turning to other substances for release. This is what God has given us. Job has what he never lost. The reason why Job can be in a form of patience, is because to Job, what's important to him is not what he lost, is what he has or who he has. God is with him. God is his treasure. In God, he has everything. And as he looks at God, faith reveals to him that his hope and his future will always be in God. Brothers and sisters, this is what James wants to awaken in us. We notice that James moves from his woes of exhortations now to a comforting message in which also James realizes that suffering is part of faith. And we know this because the early church has gone through it. The early church was all about that. The beginning of the Christian faith didn't just happen happy, happy. It came into being through pain and through suffering, and it still is today. 
Our next screen here shows something that you all may or may not remember. In the summer of June 2014, in Liberia, Africa, an outbreak of Ebola took place. So severe that over 28,000 people were affected. More than 11,000 people lost their lives. Now, if you don't know what Ebola does, it gives you symptoms like a flu. You get headache, fever, nausea, vomiting, weakness. But the end of it causes all your internal organs to bleed without ceasing. And you die. So it's believed that the reason how you can uh, contract Ebola is because it comes from animals. Animals already have this, especially dead animals. So when a human is in contact with a dead animal that has this, it gets spread through secretion, through the air, through liquid, and that's what's believed. And at this time, Dr. Kent Brantley and his hygienist, Nancy Reitball, were there taking care of people, serving people, helping people. And sadly, they were infected with it. And something amazing took place in this real event story that demonstrates another view of a full-time faith. This ministry in which they're in is under Franklin Graham. It says up there, Samaritan's Purse film. Franklin Graham is the son of Billy Graham. But Dr. Brantley says something as he sees his life slipping away and falling further away from his family. His concerns were, how am I going to leave my wife to raise our children alone? And this is what he says. Your faith doesn't make you safe. And as a matter of fact, it's that faith that put him in harm's way. That goes well above beyond full-time faith. Brothers and sisters, we don't know when God's going to allow us to fall into suffering. But a lot of times God permits it because there is glory in suffering. There is a reason for it. As harsh as that may sound, as difficult as that may be to accept, there is a purpose. Now, this month, July the 14th, is there another screen? This video is going to come out this month. I've already ordered it. Because in it, there is a miracle, a real-life miracle. And I don't want to give you a spoiler of what it is. If you've seen this already, it's been out in select theaters throughout the nation. But I encourage you to order it. There is something in this movie, in this documentary film, that I'll keep silent. But we have shared the essence of this full-time faith, that it charges and it receives suffering as a blessing. How can I say that? Well, I just can't say that because I'm saying it. I'm going to go back to Hebrews. It won't be on the screen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. 
He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Can you guys guess who I'm talking about there? Take a guess. Who said it? You're getting warm. But it's another sinner. Moses. When Moses came to realize who he really was and the faith that God has given him, he chose not to be an Egyptian. He chose to live as a Hebrew and to suffer. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ. Now we're going to talk about Jesus. We need to talk about Jesus. We have to talk about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Our ultimate and most formal goal of having faith is to look toward God, towards his Son. Jesus' mission was to suffer. Many times he told that to his disciples, that I've come to suffer. Even when Peter said to him, no, that's not going to happen to you, he said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. And this is what I see Job having when everything was stripped from him. And this is what we have, brothers and sisters. When we are suffering, when we have illnesses and sicknesses, we can thank God for it. We can help others with it. And we don't have to stay silent. We can just charge into where the hurt is at. As I was preparing this, I was thinking of the mission trips that happen here at Acts. The ones that you guys go to South America, the ones around town. You're taking a full-time faith. James has showed us today that we are called in faith to live in faith, to suffer in faith. And now we're going to look at the end of the Psalms, the very last two verses. Psalms 23, verse 5 and 6. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A person with a full-time faith also knows that God has called us to die in faith. The psalmist says that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We can thank our Lord today. We can thank each other 
that God has blessed us and kept us to this day. And it will be a challenge to take our part-time faith to a full-time faith so that we can live, suffer, and die in faith for the glory of God. And God's people say, Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.